Hallelujah. God is awesome. I believe you enjoyed that time of prayer and we'll be taking breaks and praying like this every now and then. In the meantime, I believe we'll look in the scripture also because the word and prayer make a lot of difference. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from Romans, the first chapter, and observe the Paul speaking there. The eighth verse says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Hallelujah. Notice that Paul had this kind of um, place in prayer that he served God, he said, with his spirit. So when you pray, you are serving God with your spirit. You know, your body is not necessarily um, participating, but your spirit is doing the work. And so God has called you to a spiritual work also. I know there's physical work involved, whatever it takes has to be done, but notice that there's a spirit-involved kind of work, a spirit-man work. He says, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. So there's a prayer work that has to be done also which is spirit work and thank God if you are a believer today in the name of Jesus you are qualified to be able to participate in that spirit work see and uh, well you have to get used to that idea that your spirit has to also work that means prayer has to be done uh, like someone who compared uh, this Prayer to breathing while studying of the word and receiving the word like food. Of course, the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So notice here that we are taking time to fast and pray, and therefore we're doing both the feeding and the breathing. Hallelujah. To serve God with your spirit, as you are praying, seeking His face, meditating on scriptures, wow, that's the combination. So it's worth it to take time out and uh, dedicate yourself to study and prayer. You know, and so we have this thing that we do constantly every month. And of course, you can always go beyond that and give yourself more time serving God in the Spirit and meditating on the Word of God, especially in this time in which we live. You will notice that fasting and prayer uh, can be done particularly when there is uh, an emergency, a situation that you did not count on. An emergency, turbulent times, they are all great times for this. So this can be a wonderful exercise during this period. We're in the sixth month of the year, and I believe the God who brought us thus far is faithful 
And he always give us a word in season. We are in a season of life. We're in a season right now that's rather unusual. But um, thank God you are on the earth in this season. And so God knows you very well. And he uh, willingly chose to leave you on the earth for this season. And so he'll equip you for this season spiritually, emotionally, physically, materially. Hallelujah. But this part is very vital that we spend time seeking His face, uh, serving Him in the Spirit, meditating on Scripture, and so on. Hallelujah. Notice there also the, the similar condition. There was a widow mentioned in Luke in the 37th, uh, 36th verse onwards. It says there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. She had lived with her husband um, fourscore, I believe, and seven years. In other words, I think she is about 87 after from her virginity. Notice that she was not young. She was old. And the Bible continues. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayer. Notice their prayers night and day. So um, that was service to God, fasting and praying night and day. You know, you can serve God like that. So we get the opportunity to serve God in this manner also with fastings and prayers night and day. You know, whenever you feel like you can be engaged in it night or day. This woman had given herself to this and um, gave her life to fasting and praying night and day for, for years. You know, she remained like that after the passing on of her husband. She gave her life to fasting and praying. And uh, she came in and was one of the people who picked up the Lord Jesus as a baby there, you know, and spoke and blessed. And so um, you need to know that this is biblical and God expects us to also take time because the Bible says when you fast, you know, don't be like the hypocrites, don't be like the Pharisees who distort their faces and all of that. So it's not if you fast, but when you fast. So it's supposed to be normal part of your life as a believer to take time to fast and seek his face and it's a service in the spirit that you are doing of course uh, our bodies are going to complain and there's going to be all of that so it's definitely service and God sees it and appreciates it you will also notice that um, there's a story about a widow in First Timothy 4 there's a statement there we'll look at it in chapter 5 notice there it says verse 5 it says now she that is a widow indeed desolate trusted in God continues in supplications and prayers night and day so you know this is a person who is called a widow indeed Notice that she continues in prayers night and day. Praise God, trusting in God. So this is normal. Can you see that trusting in God, 
praying, seeking His face, fasting, night, day, all of that is noted by God. It's, it's in His will. So you are safely in the will of God anytime you're partaking in these things. Hallelujah. And God has put His stamp of approval on it. And thank God that you are now involved in it. You're joining us, praying, fasting, uh, doing spiritual exercise, spiritual service unto the Lord, serving Him with your spirit. And so I thank God for the opportunity. Anytime you have this opportunity to serve Him like this, it's wonderful. Praise God. Glory to God. So um, as we seek His face and pray like this, take time to meditate on Scripture because if you remember in 1 Timothy 2, I believe it's the 8th verse, he says to lift up holy hands. God wishes that we lift up holy hands to Him in prayer without doubt and without wrath. So the hands should be a signification of what you do in life. So, you know, our conduct is important. Our conduct has to be separated unto the Lord. We live a life separated unto the Lord. Uh, separated and not entangling ourselves with the evil and the fallen world system. Hallelujah. And so, even though the Bible says we are as He is in this world, in John 17, He says there, I believe in verse 15 and so on, that we are not of this world, even as He's not of this world. And uh, He prays a prayer there that we should be sanctified by the truth, that His Word is the truth. So the Word of God uh, separates us, even though we are just as He is in the spirit realm. It is actually the Word that uh, separates us physically from the world out there, from the challenges of that fallen system. So as we spend time in the Word, um, things begin to be separated. The world's influence cannot hold on to you. It cannot put you down and bring you to its own level. Hallelujah. We were made that way. Jesus created us and He said that the Word would separate us from the power of that fallen system that's out there. So in the midst of all these things that are happening today, as you ponder on the Word and speak the Word, believe the Word of God for yourself, it separates you from the influence and the power of that fallen system out there with all of its curse and with all that is happening out there where things are being shaken so that, um, you know, man is perplexed and amazed and wondering what's going on. Thank God you are separated from that. You don't have to be moved by that. You are um, in a place that is special, kept away, kept from the influence of that shaking, fallen system. Hallelujah. So we must take time to uh, make sure we are in the Word, spending time meditating, pondering on these things, and then praying in the Spirit, uh, praying out the will of God for our lives, and etc. So don't forget this combination is vital. Man shall not live by bread alone. Man shall live... 
because the word of God is going to separate them from the world system, from that, you know, very unreliable and even hopeless system. So that you have hope and you have a future and an expectation that is God-given. You have covenant and agreement and God's power is there to back up your life. And so as you think on these things and speak the word of God, you are brought into the place of special care, special uh, fulfillment in the plan of God. Hallelujah. So holy hands separated onto God's life, His purpose, without wrath and without doubt. In other words, um, there is a tendency that as you communicate and live out in this world, there's a tendency for you to get plagued by the doubt and uh, the fears that are out there would like to come and settle on your life. So anytime you want to pray and um, actually make contact and receive from heaven, you have to make sure that your prayer is founded on the Word of God and you are not moved by any kind of doubt. Praise God. So God notices all these things and for us to be effective in our prayer, we have to have the absence of doubt and fear. So we come without doubt, without wrath. Every kind of wrath and anger is because of fear. Because of fear. And fear is because we, we doubt the love of God. We are not perfected in the love all the time. And so we have to study the word. We have to meditate on these benefits and then come to God in prayer and we are guaranteed to receive. Hallelujah. So it's not God that's holding back here. It's not uh, anything we're doing to try and force His hand, but rather we are trying to make sure that uh, the pipelines for us to receive are cleared of all fear, all doubt, all wavering, you see, all insincerity in prayer. Hallelujah. So. That's why we are going through this process and as many times as you need to, it will be wonderful. It is service to God. Notice that. It is a service unto God. Fasting and praying, seeking His face is noted as service unto the Lord. Hallelujah. So thank God we can avail of it. We can take full advantage of it. Praise God. And so today... We're going to look at things like that. We're going to be involved in thoughts that are around that area. Let's look at Matthew, the 17th chapter, and notice that the Bible says that this was the place where Jesus had this glorious experience and the, the three disciples who were close to him were also there. Verse 1 says, and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into an high mountain apart. So there is this mountain that Jesus draws them to and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. He had this very special um, transfiguration experience on that mountain. And um, it was an amazing experience. It was quite 
an experience that it has been recorded by Peter later on that they were on that mountain when they saw all these things happening. Verse 3 says, And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Moses came there and Elijah came there possibly representing the law and the prophets. Praise God. So um, they had a special place sovereignly given to them of God and therefore they were able to come and appear there with Jesus in this special transfiguration experience and these three disciples were there on that mountain and saw all these things happening. Praise God. And verse 4 says, Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah. So the experience was so powerful that they decided that they should just stay there. You know, and, and um, you know, enjoy that whole experience. But Eventually, the Bible says, a cloud overshadowed in verse 5, and a voice spoke out of the cloud and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Hallelujah. Quite a dramatic proving of God in the three, you know, unity of the three, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Praise God. It's amazing. And uh, everything was just so wonderful and so clear. These three had the privilege of seeing it. And uh, it stayed with them indelibly. I mean, hallelujah. And I, I wish I was there myself, but it's written for us so that our imagination can take a hold of it, get a grasp of it, and it's wonderful. And... Uh, Praise God. The Bible says they fell on their face and were sore afraid. Jesus touched them and said, Arise, be not afraid. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. So that was the end of all that. And there was Jesus. Praise God. Wonderful time, awesome time. And all these things are wonderful and some awesome experiences do happen. But in the end... You have Jesus. You have the Word of God. See, so though you may not always have these experiences, you will always have Jesus with you. You will always have the Word with you. Praise God for that. You know, so Jesus here can represent the written Word. where He was the living Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Peter takes time to make sure that we have a more sure Word. He says... More than the experience they saw. They were eyewitnesses of His majesty. The Bible says they saw all of that. They heard the voice. They saw all that in Second Peter. It talks about it in the third chapter. He says, But we have a more sure word of prophecy that you give heed to as a light that shines in a dark place. Till the day star rise in your hearts. And so on. In other words, after everything is done, He's saying still, we have a more sure word. The word of God is more sure than anything else. Isn't that amazing that this person who was there on that mountain gives such a statement under the anointing of God. He now says these things. And so he's telling us later on in life, down the line, he's telling us 
Listen, brother. Listen, my brother, my sister. The Word of God is eventually going to be more powerful than any other experience you can ever have. Even though they had such amazing, amazing experiences. Thank God for experiences. If they happen and you are part of it, that's just wonderful. Thank God. But the Word is higher than all of that. It's in a greater place. And you're going to use the Word of God to judge the experiences. The Bible says, try the spirits whether they be of God or not. You know, we have to try and test the spirits and the spiritual, in quote, experiences by the Word of God because that is a more sure word of prophecy. And so be careful in these days uh, to be more founded in the Word and then based on the Word of God, if you have experiences, thank God, may God take all the glory. Hallelujah. And he goes on in verse 9, As they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. So I believe that uh, Peter followed that advice and told us only later on in his own epistle. Praise God. And um, it, it was quite something to be able to behold all of that. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And I'm glad that, you know, he told us later on. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must come? And Jesus answered unto them, Elias truly has first come, or shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you, Eli Elias or Elijah is come already. So the Bible goes on to tell us that, you know, he was implying that we had an appearance there of Elias or Elijah through John the Baptist coming and all of that. Then the disciples understood, verse 13 says, he spoke unto them of John the Baptist. So it's plainly written there. All these amazing things and times with God wonderful revelation and understanding of the scripture and then the Bible says when they were come to the multitude see now they are back on normal levels with the multitude with people again so you have to come down again from all of these things and then <coughs> experience people and all of their needs when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. He's a lunatic and sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. This boy has some seizures and, uh, you know, epileptic kind of things, and he would fall into the fire and the water. And so the needs of people again, all around, verse 16, And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. So there you go. Eventually, the disciples will be put under pressure. You will be put under pressure to do something for the people. Don't forget that. They're going to come to you, and you're expected to do something <coughs> just like that. Verse 17 says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? 
How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus expected them to be able to do something positive and deal with this thing, but they hadn't. And he said, how long am I going to endure? How long should I stay here? This is more than enough. But he says, anyway, let's do it again. So he says, bring the child. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. So Jesus expects us as disciples to be able to do something about the challenges in people's lives, whatever they bring, whether it's a demon, whether it's a sickness, whatever it is, you have to do something about it in the name of Jesus. So when we fast and pray and study and seek His face, it's one of the reasons is because we have to be ready to deal with any kind of situations that arise. Maybe, if not your situation, other people's situations. As a disciple and a follower, a student of Jesus, um, there, there's going to be that pressure on us to be able to help and do something about the situation. Sometimes you have to be able to step out there and do just like Jesus. And Jesus expects us to do that also. I want you to take that with you. Jesus expects us to do something about it. Are you getting that? So my brother and sister, that's why we seek His face. That's why we meditate. That's why we ponder on these things. Because it is expected of us to do something about the situation. God would not expect us to do anything about it if He had not equipped us for it. Amen? But as a disciple of the Lord Jesus, we are expected to do something about it because we are equipped to deal with it. Hallelujah. He's not going to turn around and look at us and say, well, what are you going to do, bro? If he didn't give us the necessary equipment. Are you seeing that? So as a disciple, I believe that he has equipped us with what is necessary to deal with things like this. And so it is uh, incumbent or it is upon us. Uh, it's on our shoulders to do something about these things. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so it's not bad news, it's good news. Don't get sad. And that is why you may have to practice spiritual service and uh, meditating on the Word and fasting and seeking His face. Glory to God. For what? Verse 19 continues, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. You know, they were still being instructed. Jesus was still on the earth. And so they were able to call Him aside and say, Jesus, why could not we cast Him out? In other words, between Matthew chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 17, some things have transpired. In Matthew chapter 10, He had sent them out the Bible says, you know, two by two and seventy and so on. So there he gave them authority to cast out devils, to, to heal the sick and all that. If you read, you can see it there. He gave them power, the Bible says, but it's actually authority in the original words uh, against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. 
all, every kind. So today, you notice here that they are in a situation here in 17 where they're saying, Lord, we've seen it, we've used your name, we came back with joy, we saw Satan bowing down to us in your name, we saw the results of using your name, and they were so excited about it, you remember? And here he says, they come up to him and say, what happened? Why, did, why, did, why could not we cast out the devil here, you know? And the Bible declares that Jesus began to explain. Let's notice here the explanation back in Matthew 17. I want you to observe for yourself here what it says. Praise God. Let's get back there. Verse uh, 19 and then 20. Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. That was it because of your unbelief. Amen? That's the whole matter. So you have the authority, you have the name of Jesus, you pray in tongues, you seek His face and all of that, but there's this factor called your unbelief. So that comes from um, our normal lifestyle and everything out there on the earth. As you are living here, there's always going to be a tendency of unbelief attaching itself to us. And so we may have to uh, deal with it on a daily basis. And uh, that's what we're talking about here. He said, because of your unbelief, for truly I say unto you, or verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So he's saying here, um, it's not the size of your faith, really. If you had faith like a mustard seed, we, we in this nation, we know about mustard seeds. They're really small. <laughs> and so if you just had that much, that much faith, you could say to a huge mountain, according to him, you know, the comparison is just millions of millions of times bigger. Notice that. Can you compare a mountain to a small mustard seed? He said you can actually move something much, much bigger than that mustard seed. If you have just that much mustard seed faith. In other words, faith that does not have unbelief. You can have mustard seed faith or you can have faith with unbelief and that cuts the supply of the authority working there. You can have all the faith to move the mountain, but if there's unbelief, it just doesn't work. That was the problem, you see. So he said, I gave you the authority. You have the ability, you have the power inside you to use the name and see the result. But because of the unbelief, it comes in and it cuts off. Can you see that? And hinders the faith from seeing the manifestation. So during times of fasting and prayer, we are seeking to settle that matter. Hallelujah. And it's because Jesus said, notice He said, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Can you imagine these kind of statements? I mean, either they're true or they're just paka lies. You know, either Jesus is a 100% sold out Word of God, 100% truth speaking person, or He's a liar. How can he tell a disciple, nothing shall be impossible? Nothing. 
In other words, all things are possible. If you can believe what these words are saying, he's actually saying that all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. Now, we have seen how he gave us his own life. The life of God has been given to us as a gift. The name of Jesus has been given to us as believers. The authority to use that name has been given to us. And so according to him, nothing shall be impossible because it's as though God himself is living inside us. And the authority of his name is given to us. And anything is possible now. Nothing is impossible. Can you imagine such statements spoken about you? Nothing is impossible. All things are possible. That's talking about the believer. This word comes to us today, you know, as believers, because the others have gone back to heaven, and we are the ones here right now. So it's right now talking to us. He's saying, nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is impossible unto you. All things are possible with you, believer. With you, my brother, my sister. With me. Hallelujah. That's what he's saying. If Jesus means that, then we have to accept it. Anything is possible. All things are possible. Nothing is impossible. Isn't that amazing? The only problem here is the unbelief. And you can have all of the faith, all of the authority, everything of a life of God on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit living inside you, but the unbelief can chop things off and shut the effect from being seen in the natural realm. Jesus himself said, verse 21, How be it this kind, goeth not but by prayer and fasting. Notice he's not talking about the devil at all, but he's talking about the unbelief. This unbelief goes out by prayer and fasting. It's not that some demons are bigger and some demons require more power or more authority, nothing like that. He's talking about the name having authority over all sickness, over all demons, over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. That's what he said. Hallelujah. In my name you shall cast out devils. Nothing is impossible unto you. So he's saying here that it is a particular thing called unbelief that has to be addressed. We'll have to bring that and ponder upon it and know how to deal with it so that uh, the pipes are working properly so that we can receive what we have to. Amen? So that's what it's all about. We are here fasting the unbelief out. We are feeding our faith and fasting our unbelief. That's what we're here for. We're making sure that we are being built up so that we don't pay attention to the doubt, to the fear, to the unbelief that's in this world. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's go and examine these things a little closely. The Bible declares there in Mark chapter 16, He had told them, you know, that 
These signs follow them that believe. Notice verse 16 and verse 17. I'm sorry, verse 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Thank God you speak with new tongues in the name of Jesus. How did you speak with new tongues? Well, you believed and you spoke. In the name of Jesus, no matter what it sounded like, no matter what it felt like, you spoke and you are speaking. Praise God. Now and then thoughts come to you about what is this that you are speaking? Why are you speaking? It's nonsense and so on and so forth. But you speak, you keep speaking because you have ignored all of those thoughts. You are not paying attention to those thoughts you are listening to God's word about the issue of tongues. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, the Bible says, he speaks unto God. No man understands him. In the spirit he speaks mystery. So you are building yourself on the word rather than those thoughts that are coming. You are saying, when I speak, God understands. I'm speaking a special language that God understands because that's what the word said. So every time you're speaking in tongues, you are turning away from the unbelief, turning away from the thoughts that are against you speaking in tongues. It's the same kind of principle. They shall take up serpents, verse 18 says, If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Praise God. In other words, you know, today you may have drunk, your tea or coffee, maybe you said in Jesus' name, my water is blessed, my bread is blessed. Jesus said that. Jesus was their physician back in the Old Testament. And you can accept that in the New Testament, even though you have doctors and medical science. There are things that medical science and doctors may not be able to help you with. And so go with the authority in the name of Jesus the God who said, your water shall be blessed, your bread shall be blessed. And he will take sickness away from the midst of you. Hallelujah. So in his name, you may drink in Jesus' name and expect wholeness and soundness. And no death and no destruction in the name of Jesus. You know, today you may go to the uh, shop and see fruits out there. And they always look fresh and they, they may have come from Europe months ago. <laughs> but they're there just looking as though they are just one day old. Have you noticed that? How do you think those things are surviving like that? You know, oranges from here and there, apples from here and there. They're definitely not apples from India. And they're not oranges from this place either. There are the local ones too. So here you go, stepping out into the marketplace and buying things that are on the shelf because, you know, they've been treated and they've been given certain, you know, doses of chemicals to keep them looking like that. Now, if you can have the faith in the name of Jesus, I believe you can eat those apples and oranges or whatever. And there's all that pestilence and uh, pesticides that go with pestilence and you're going to eat them you may wash and do whatever you can but I'm telling you hallelujah 
this last day church has so many things to deal with out there and you are separated set apart from them by the word of God and so you bless it and you eat it you bless it and you drink it praise God Jesus said it's not what goes in a person's mouth that defiles them but what comes out of your mouth in other words if you say it shall be well and it is blessed and eat it and drink it it's a different issue altogether but if you say oh oh I don't know what's going to happen now but anyway let's do this uh, I can't guarantee anything there's no telling what will happen so in this day and hour as you step outside get used to taking the name of Jesus with you get used to walking in the name living in the name going out in the name in the name of Jesus you know Proverbs 18:10 says the name of the Lord is your strong tower the righteous run into it and they are saved you know he said in my name they shall cast out devils so you you have authority over demons in the name of Jesus through that name and in that name you expel them you drive them so if you can drive the devil out in Jesus name then you can drive out anything the devil has brought which is to kill steal and destroy all of those destructive influences those death you know dealing influences those things that cause death out there praise God so in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you can expel and drive away the devil and all of those things Hallelujah. And according to Paul in Acts 28, even if a serpent were to bite you, you could shake it off into the fire, shake it away in Jesus' name and experience no harm. Glory to God. And people will say, Oh, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Because you are now walking with the life of God on the inside of you and you are carrying the authority in the name of Jesus that sets you apart from the world and its fallen influences. What a privilege we have as disciples, as believers in the name of Jesus. And so we have to turn away any doubt, any unbelief, any fear by addressing the matter by words that are spoken from the Spirit of God, from your mouth. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God has given us word in the Bible and he will quicken those words to us as you meditate and uh, go over them you are stirred up by remembrance you are stirred up and that becomes real to you and you act upon it hallelujah so as you are meditating and pondering and praying over things there's a stirring up that takes place and you are able to act upon the word of God with confidence and that is what we are living for that is how we're going to live particularly in this day and this hour when there are special challenges out there God knew long time ago and he decided that you were the person that should be on the earth in this day in this hour and so praise God we're going to lean on him and not lean on our own understanding we're going to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding praise the Lord you know he's going to continue working with the word 
The Bible says, and he worked with the word that they spoke. So he is going to use the word. He always works with the word. God works with the word. He always performs the word. He confirms the word. Hallelujah. So we step outside into the realm of the natural with the word of God. We act on the word of God. We go in the name of Jesus and we expect the results. Nothing else in Jesus' name. We ignore those voices. We ignore those other thoughts. As long as you have the word dwelling on the inside of you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. I mean, amazing things like nothing shall be impossible unto you. Where do those kind of things come from? God himself is saying it. I've given you my life. I've given you my spirit. I've given you my word. I've given you my name. Hallelujah. So we, we have to take time every now and then and make sure that the doubt, the unbelief, and all of these other factors are fasted out. They are not fed. They are not trained and brought into the monster level where they dwarf everything else. You can be a believer who can be blind. You can be a believer who has forgotten. You can be a believer who is not walking in that place. That's why we take time to make sure that everything is working. You know, all the systems are go. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's look at another scripture in Matthew. Again, you know, over there in the end in chapter 28, he had told them to meet them on the certain mountain, which today you know is Olivet. And that mountain apparently is still there in, in Israel. People go and see that. And he said he's coming back to that mountain, you know, later on. And uh, Israel will see and everyone will see. But before that, he's coming to take us away privately. Hallelujah. Secretly. And that may seem like weird for some people, but that is our hope. <laughs> And uh, this year we are experiencing more of understanding and we're preparing ourselves for that hope. Amen. Glory to God. That hope is not too far away. And so the Bible continues um, in 28. They came to that mountain and then the Bible says, Verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now all, all of them had had wonderful times with Jesus for three years. And you can see that, you know, there's something special that he's trying to communicate here. You could live with him physically for three years and still could have doubted him just physically talking you know in the flesh that's why uh, you have to understand that the real thing is the man on the inside the spirit realm and getting to know him after the spirit serving God in the spirit getting to know in the spirit getting to understand the realities of the spirit realm that's more important Otherwise, the question is always, how can these things be? How is it possible? Some still doubt it. Can you? 
Ah, it's kind of funny. Some still doubt it. After all of that, some still doubt it. But after they got saved, you know, you don't hear about that kind of problem. So the born-again person is supposed to be doubt-free. He doesn't have that problem. Amen. He's supposed to be doubt-free, without doubt, without fear, without unbelief. That's the way it's supposed to be. Although these things would try to camp around, thoughts will come, you know, and try to attach themselves onto us, we'll have to deal with it so that we that are believers with the life of God can walk free of all this and see the necessary manifestations and see, you know, the life that he's talking about come to pass. Amen. Verse 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, that word again is authority, all, notice that, all, 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 that means everything, given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus got it all back. He got it for us. Jesus made himself of no reputation, became nothing, paid the price for us, so that he could get back everything Adam had lost and gave back everything, including all that he had gotten, including his name, praise God, his inheritance, everything. You are blessed with every blessing that heaven has in Christ Jesus. All has been given to us now. Praise the Lord. Woo, glory. You can just park there and just rejoice for some time. Ha, 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 ha. Woo, glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All that you have, you have given to us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Wow. Everything that he got, he gave to us. That's some elder brother, isn't that? That is the example of an elder brother. Praise the Lord Jesus. Then he says, now go. Go ye therefore. He says, now you can go. You can go just like me. You can go in my stead. You can go in my place. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. <clears throat> so these two are, you know, two sides of the same coin. Mark says it in 16, Matthew says it in 28, but there it goes together, every authority in heaven and on earth, everything that Jesus had, he has now given to us and said, now you go, you go make disciples, you go do what I'm telling you, in Jesus' name, you cast out devils, you trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Nothing shall by any means harm you. Praise God. So here we are with all of this, which is a fact, which is a reality. And now we have to just make sure that the pipes are clean all the time without any unbelief, without fear and doubt. Praise God. Let's look at another scripture over there in um, Matthew. Matthew... Um, 
Praise God. Matthew 15, I believe. Let's look at it. And the Bible says uh, about why do you dis, um, digress or go against or transgress the commandment by your tradition, etc., etc. Then we go on. Let's notice here. Verse 8, These people draw nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So there's a connection from the heart that must be always clear from your deep thoughts, your imaginations. Verse 10, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Praise God. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard the saying? Praise God. It's all right. So some folks are going to be offended when you start saying things like that. You know, worldly people, people who don't understand what you're talking about, they could become offended if you say, it's not what I put in my mouth that causes the problem. It's what comes out of my mouth. And so if I'm saying the right things, I can eat, I can drink in Jesus' name, I can expect results to happen. And some folks may take it all uh, wrong and get bugged and stuff, but what to do? Whatever happened then can happen today also. Man has not changed. Praise God. But don't be moved by all that. Take the word and act on it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Notice here in Matthew now, 19 also, talking about marriage, verse 5, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Wherefore they that are no, they are no more twain, but one flesh, what God has joined together, let not any man put asunder or man put asunder. Then they said, Why did Moses then give to us a writing of divorcement to put her away? Verse 8 says, He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. Hallelujah. Notice there that there's a problem that can creep up even after you're married. Your heart can become hard and you can go against God's joining that God did in marriage between you and your husband or you and your wife just because of hardness. You know, we live in a land where the water is hard and sometimes the pipes get caked with uh, calcium deposits and uh, they get blocked. It's called hard water. And so similarly, you know, as, as you live in this world, as you go about living in this world, hardness can come and settle just by being here, just by being on the earth. Hardness comes to park on your life. It just comes. It's part of the fallen nature out there, you know, and you need to work against it. So every now and then you may have to clean your pipes. 
and drain out all hardness. Amen. So um, pipe merchants can eventually make a lot of money from your favorite pipe. Hallelujah. <laughs> so thank God now they have plastic pipes and all of that. Otherwise you spend a lot of money working on uh, changing pipes again and again. Or you can install equipment that softens your water. And you know, there you go. You have to take all the effort to do that. So it's, it's not a very easy thing and it happens every day. So, you know, you and I have to work on our, this hardness thing. Anytime you notice it's creeping up, work on it. It's not a good thing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Are you all right? I'm sure that you are having your own challenges dealing with all of this, but it's, it's part of the whole life experience. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So you've got the hardness problem. You've got the doubt problem. You've got the unbelief problem. You've got the regular stuff that everybody has going on, you know. And you are the one that has to live here and be a solution to people's problems apart from just your own problems. So we take time to fast. We take time to make sure that um, we are working with all cylinders firing, so to speak. That nothing is, you know, uh, hindering us. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go off to the book of Mark also. And uh, observe there, Mark 16, and observe verse 14. Afterwards he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. So like I said, Matthew and Mark, uh, in these end verses of Mark 16 and Matthew 28 are uh, two sides of the same coin. So here you see the same story but another angle. And after giving them a blasting for hardness of heart and unbelief, he now says, go. Go use my name. Amen. In other words, if you can deal with hardness of heart, unbelief, all of these factors together, um, you can go with the name and experience the power of the name. Hallelujah. Notice there. He said, the unbelief and hardness of heart. Isn't that interesting? So there are combinations that just like to hang together, just like, um, you know, you drive on the highway, especially if you ride a bike, after some time, if you wipe your face, you will see there's a lot of soot and things on it. It's part of the driving experience. Hallelujah. It's part of being in this fallen world. These things just come and try to stick on you. As you drive on the highways, sometimes uh, you may have to park and clean your windshield because there's small, small bugs and insects stuck there. It's part of driving, you know, and... Uh, Sometimes people spit also and it comes on your windshield. All of that. It's just part of being here. 
And so we'll have to, we'll have to deal with these things just to make sure that the pipes are working, the name is working, your authority is working, that you are receiving the results in Jesus' name. So um, this is why you need to be careful with your relationships also. Because the life of Christ and the faith of God, they're all connected with the love of God and relationships. See, hardness of heart there is the hindrance, the Bible says, you know, to your faith. Notice that. Because they're all combined. Hardness, unbelief, all went together. So if you're not walking in this love of God, if you're allowing the hardness of heart to come in, uh, you're going to experience challenges in your relationship, in your marriage, and also in the working of your faith. So, guess what? You and I need to take time out and fast these things out. Knock them out, clean the pipes, make sure all the cylinders are working well. And so your engine is ready to go. Hallelujah. So, that's why we're here today. That's why we are taking time to make sure that the faith that we have already in us is working. So that it's not clogged up, cluttered up by the unbelief, by the hardness of heart, by all of these fearful things that are being thrown at us constantly by the news and the media and whatever else is out there. Hallelujah. Amen. So... Um, we are the model that was pre preserved and presented and kept for this time. In other words, Jesus is saying, Hey, you can do this. Go. Just go, man. You can do this. Go in my name. You're the man. You're the person that I preserved and kept for this time. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I said, Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, uh, you think about it a little bit and say, of all the people, I'm the one you chose. You know, people have gone. Great generals have gone. Great men of God are back home with Him, enjoying Jesus. And here we are. Praise God. Well, God knows what you were created to do. You were created for good works. Let's read that in Ephesians 2.10. I don't know whether it's because we are um, in the online mode. There's just a whole lot of study mentality that comes up. You just have to go to the verse and read it up nicely. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Whoa, doesn't that just sound different now? So here you are cut out of the same material that Jesus was, you know, constituted of. Whatever made Jesus, Jesus, we are cut out of that material, the same material. Just as He is, so are we in this world. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, all these things that we were supposed to deal with in this day, in this hour, it was already planned for us to walk in them. In Jesus' material, in Him, in Christ. Wow, isn't that nice to know that it was already taken account of and prepared beforehand? 
wonderful Jesus, that we should walk in them. We should actually do the whole thing that it's going to take. Whatever it takes, we're going to do it. Because it was like that. It was planned that way. It's supposed to be like that. Now notice here also, let's go to um, Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1, and observe there. Interesting scripture. It says in verse 5, it says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee. In Jeremiah's case, it was a prophet unto the nations. So God set apart, sanctified, and put his hand upon that man and said, This is what I created you for, and I am setting you apart from your mother's womb. So God had his hand on us from our mother's womb and had plans for us from that time and set us apart, kept us for those things till this day. Here we are today. Just know that the hand of God is upon you and set you apart for whatever you have to do today, in this day, in this hour, till we meet Jesus face to face. It has all been planned out, laid out, and the hand of God is upon your head, upon your life, so that you can walk in those places and do what you're supposed to. Just like he told them, go. All authority in heaven and earth is given to me. I have given it to you. I have given you authority to heal every sickness, to drive out every demon. Now go. So we must likewise say amen and make sure that we keep it like that. That knowledge keeps us. Amen? So the more I think about this, something happens. So let's look at this for a moment. Suppose there's some stuff that comes down the family. Your father was this, so you can't be anything else. You can only do what your father did, you know, and whatever mistakes your father made, you also are going to be part of it. Whatever was in their gene pool is going to affect you also. But notice here, there's somebody who had a destiny for you before your parents came into the picture. So why should your parents limit you and your destiny? They cannot be the limiting factor. They don't have to be the limiting factor because your destiny is actually separate. It's from God. It is in God. It's in Christ. And so you don't have to look at your natural family tree and say, because of this family that I come from, so and so is going to limit me. No, you are not going to be limited because the hope of God, the plan of God transcends your natural family. Praise God. It's not based on them. Are you getting this? It's not based on them. Your mother took you in the womb, but the God who put you in the, in the womb, and then, according to Galatians, separated you from the mother's womb. Galatians tells us that. I believe it's Galatians 1.15. Let's read that also. That he separated us from the mother's womb. Yes. He says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace. 
Wow, glory to God. So there you go. It was not anything that came from the natural sight. Therefore, you don't have to worry about the natural sight. It has nothing to do with that. But because we live in the natural realm and the sense realm is there with his five senses bringing all the information, every now and then we check again back with it and check our natural family tree and all of that natural stuff. But it was God who formed us in the mother's womb. Praise God. And God separated us for his plan, for his purpose, by his grace, by his ability, by his wisdom, by his power. He did not require any help from us. While we were in the unconscious realm, all this has happened. All this was done long, long time ago. Praise God. Look at another scripture. 2 Timothy 1. And let, let's read verse 9. He says, Who saved us? Maybe we can read from verse 8. Be not therefore, thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Wow. That's very interesting. Before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality through the gospel. So Jesus now decided at the right time to appear on the earth. And from that time onwards, another revelation has come. Of course, those who don't know Jesus, they don't know about that. But thank God you and I, almost 2,000 years later, we have an understanding. He came to give us an understanding. To give us an understanding. Praise God. Eternal life is an understanding. It's about an understanding. So the more you understand these realities, the more you can function in the plan and purpose for which you were created. Amen. So we're here getting an understanding. We're getting to understand these things more and more. So that's why we must hold on to the Word and hold on to the things of God with everything we have. Because the one who formed us in our mother's womb, who knew us before time began, he planned all of this. And if we don't stick with it, we lose track of what we were created for and the works that we were created for are undone. Thank God, even if you make a mistake and veer off track, you know, always go back to him and say, forgive me. He will forgive and forget. And restore us back in Jesus' name. I believe that every area, wherever you have flopped and failed, according to Romans chapter 8, he said that if you're praying in the Spirit, if you are aware of the call and purpose of God in your life, if you're aware of the love of God and you start working that love 
and acting upon that love, everything will work out for good. No matter what it looks like, it's still going to turn around for good. See, the goodness and the plans and the power of God are so big that if you join them together in praying in tongues, knowing that there's a purpose for you, acting on the love of God, you will have everything turning around for good. Hallelujah. No wonder we have to constantly observe and pray in the Spirit, serve Him in the Spirit, adjust these things so that we can do what we were created for. Hallelujah. See, uh, I believe more and more our purpose is becoming clearer and we're going to walk in those places and we won't leave the earth until we have walked in all of those places, finished all those appointments that we were created for in Him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So this is, you know, where we are thinking from. This is where our thoughts have come from. It's not because we just felt like it. Just naturally speaking, they say, oh, your dad was like this. Oh, he was a drunkard and he was not good at business and your grandfather was like this and, and so you won't be good at this and you won't be good at that and so on and so forth. No, you don't have to be limited by that. There is a call, there is a purpose, there is a gift, there is a bent. There is something that God has given you in Him before time began and we need to start working with that. Glory to God. The grace for that purpose has been given before time began. And anytime you need to receive from the grace of God, you just have to make sure that the doubt, the unbelief, the hardness, all of these things are cleared up. And then the grace can flow freely. Amen. The pipes are unclogged. So, Fasting and prayer is actually for that purpose. Amen. I believe that that's why we are here today. And so, glory to God. Let's look at one or two more thoughts along that line. It is exciting to get to the root of the problem and solve the problem. But when you don't know the problem, it can be quite frustrating. See, so he said, let me tell you, because you asked me quietly by the side, I'm telling you, because of your unbelief. Amen? Unbelief, fear, hardness, all of them go together because they are not so sure of how much God loves them. Amen? And when you are caught up in the love of God and sure that He cares, sure that He loves you, he has planned for you so long, long before the earth was even formed. Wow, that's serious. That's plenty, isn't it plenty? Thank you, Jesus. I'm in your mind. I'm in your thoughts. I'm in your plans. Hallelujah. I'm in the purposes of God. So are you. This is what we should be confessing. Hallelujah. Amen. We're in the plans of God. We're in the purposes of God. We're in the thoughts of God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He's thinking about me. The 139th Psalm. Let's go there also. I'm sure that you have read that Psalm at some point or the other. It's a 
a very interesting psalm. He says in verse 2, Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou, know, thou understand my thought afar off. He says, I, He knows when I sit and when I stand, and He knows my thoughts from far away. Hallelujah. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. He knows everything. He knows when we lie down. He knows our paths. He's acquainted with all our ways. There is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Before you speak, He knows. You have hedged me or beset me behind and before. You have laid Your hand upon me. Woo, glory to God. See, He set you apart. He laid His hand on you, ordained you for a certain plan. Then he, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Thank God He has given us access in the new covenant to actually start receiving this and saying, yes, I accept. I release myself to believe God that He cares for me. Even in the midst of this weird situation, He knows I'm sitting down, standing, walking. He knows everything about me. His hand is upon me right now. Glory to God. He goes on in verse 7. He says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Where shall I flee from thy presence? You see, you're totally covered. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's wonderful. Verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. Hallelujah. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. My soul knoweth right well. Mm. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Glory to God. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lower parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. In thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Glory to God. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Wonderful Jesus. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Woo! Glory to God. It's awesome. Isn't that wonderful? This knowledge that he has, this omniscient God has loved us and called us his own children, his own family, and given us his own life and said, I know everything about you. I have planned for you. I have thought about you. I know every detail of your life. The thoughts that I have for you are so, ma so many. They're like the sand on the seashore. <laughs> have you tried counting the sand on the seashore? Have you tried counting a couple of grains of sand in your hand like that? Man, that's, that's a lot. Just imagine, he knows every single detail about you, about me. Every cell, every single part of our whole life, from before time began to the eternity of eternities. He's the only one who knows our value. That means we are so valuable, we're so precious to Him. 
if his thoughts towards us are so precious, it's because we are precious to him. Hallelujah. See, so as we ponder on these things, read them, think about them, we begin to understand where we're coming from, who's in charge of us, who, who owns us, who has put his hand upon us, who has care for us, who has thought about us, who has planned for us. And he has done it all. Everything has already been done. All we need to do now is, you know, sort of polish it up and clean up the doubt, the fear, the hardness, the unbelief, all of that. Just, just knock it off. So the systems are working. Praise God. And that's where uh, we, we use prayer and fasting. Amen. So the rest of the time when you are not necessarily... Uh, without food, you, are, you can still be fasting unbelief and fasting doubt by not allowing them to come in and stick on to you. You are fasting the hardness of heart. You are saying no to these things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's look at another scripture. Oh, glory. I'm already getting excited about this whole thing, you know, and I don't care what happens tomorrow and what has happened yesterday, but right now, I'm enjoying my life. Are you having a good time there? Hasn't the Word become more real than many other things? Thank you, Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. Don't you pity people who are waiting for a letter from somebody that says, I love you and this and that. Of course, thank God for letters like that, but... You don't need any other letter, do you? When you know that He loves you so much. Praise God. You become so full of this that you can now write letters to others and tell them how much you love them. Amen? Because you have this love that is flowing out that knows no limits and knows no bounds. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the psalmist kept thinking and thinking and he slept off and then he awoke and he said, Oh, I'm still here and you're still around me. You're still with me. Praise God. You, this is my meditation all the day long, David used to say. Oh, how I love thy law. It's my meditation all the day long. Praise God. There's a lot to think about. You know, his thoughts are so, so much, so vast, so deep. Glory to God. Ha, 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 ha. Amen. Let's go off also to the book of Mark. Our time is ticking. We are enjoying God, enjoying Him. Amen. You know, the Bible says later that after Jesus had finished the fast, He was hungry. You're going to notice that after this, you may be hungry. Hallelujah. But right now, we're not hungry. Amen. In Mark chapter 6, the Bible talks about an experience that the disciples had with Him. My Bible goes back to 16, but it's 6. Let's go there. And uh, it's about a, a ship journey and all that. Verse 47, when, they were, when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and He alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea. 
and would have passed by them. It's an interesting uh, experience. I think it's possibly the same thing of Matthew 14. But here, he knows that they're there and he knows they're toiling. And eventually, because he told them that he was, he would meet them and they should go to the other side, he won't leave them like that. If God has told you, you're going to walk in these places, you're going to do these things, he'll meet you, don't you worry about it. He's going to see you through. Hallelujah. He, he said, my hand is on you, don't worry. I created you, I formed you in your mother's womb, I had plans for you before time began. Don't worry, I'll come. You may be stuck somewhere, you know, floundering around, going nowhere, but I'll come. Hallelujah. He came to them walking upon the sea. And uh, in this verse he says, <laughs> He would have passed by them. In the other verse, you know, where Peter comes and walks on the water, he comes directly towards Peter and Peter said, Lord, if it is you, bid me, you know, and all that. And then he comes walking and Peter walks on the water and all of that stuff. Here he says he would have passed by them. Meaning that he said, well, I'm, I'm nearby. If you need me, please call. But they, when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. Instead of them calling, you see, they, they saw other things. Their mind played games with them. The world and its fallen stuff began to now minister to them. And instead of them taking advantage of Jesus passing by near, they should have just said, Jesus, wow, you're here. But instead they just went off because of whatever was going on. Whatever is in the world, it kind of like hinders you, you know. It hangs around and, and they said, he's a ghost. <laughs> For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them. He knows what you're going through and he's, he's talking. He talks with them and he says, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. So whatever it is, we may have to go back and read these verses while we're going through the situations. And remember, Jesus knows, hey, I'm here, don't worry. Be not afraid. I'm with you, always, even to the end of the world. We need that. We need to read it. We need to ponder about it. We need to be assured. Our imagination, our understanding has to to hang around those things. Otherwise, the world and all of that stuff there can project other things and make us fearful and anxious and worried and overburdened and unnecessarily hardness can come. Doubt and fear and unbelief can pile in. So we read such verses. Verse 51, And he went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered they were like wow amazed wondered 52 for they considered not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hardened can you see that notice how Except the word had said that we would never have known 
God knows us. God knows our heart. He knows what these things are. He says their hearts were hardened. That's why all of these things were being seen out there as wonder, amazement, fear, all of this together. It's all hardness of heart. Are you seeing this? And it's the result of not considering, he said, they considered not the miracle. So that word consider, if you look at it, you know, it's supposed to be, again, putting things together or another word for it is understanding. We need understanding. So there's a prayer that we are filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We need a putting together of certain thoughts. Every now and then, those, we have to be able to put those things together. We have to consider, okay, He took care of us up till now. Six months have passed. In this very strange time, He has taken care of us. So He'll definitely take care of us all the way. He brought us thus far from nowhere, from nothing. And so it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. That putting together of things will make you to not be just blown and wondering and amazed and not being in step and saying, of course this will happen. He will be there and He will show up and the supply will come and it will work and it has to happen. Nothing will be impossible and all things are going to be possible. Things like that. So there is this avenue or area or place that comes to us like that and, and says, it's not going to happen. He's not there. No, it's a ghost. It's not really him. All of that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's something else. Praise God. So that's the stuff that tries to hang on to us. He's not really going to come. How can it work? How can it happen? How can these things be? We're living in a world where things are going bad. How can God meet your needs? Can He furnish a table in the wilderness? How can this happen? How can the name work? It's not going to work, etc., etc. So we need to read these things, spend time and fast other things out, and get everything back together the, the way it ought to be. Hallelujah. And they kind of, they go together. When one comes in, the other one comes in also. So as we clean things out, you know, you realize, wow, now your engines are ready again. And you're ready to handle anything that comes. Praise God. Can you see that? For they considered not. Glory to God. Their hearts were hardened. So consider, take time to understand that He saw us through, how He came through for us, how He showed up for us, how He brought us thus far, how the building came up. Wow! How all of these things worked out, how He knew us before time began, how He formed us in the mother's womb, how He wrote down everything about us, and all the thoughts were so many, they're more in number than the sand on the seashore. Wow! What? This is too much! His thoughts are too much. It's too wonderful. Exactly. These wonderful thoughts must be taking over again and again. Wonderful thoughts. Wonderful thoughts. No wonder His name is wonderful. <laughs> Glory to God. He's wonderful. Jesus is wonderful. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Time is ticking, but let's see if we can knock in a few more things. Glory. Let's go there. Let's go to Ephesians. Observe the fourth chapter. Ephesians chapter 4. Notice verse 17. He says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Look at all that stuff. Isn't that interesting that he said, these guys could be like these guys. <laughs> so there's a believer who can actually have all of these problems if he doesn't, you know, clear up some stuff. The understanding becomes darkened. Not so cool. Because of being alienated from the life of God. So the life of God is on the inside of the believer in the spirit man. But if the mind does not appreciate it and take full cognizance of it and be acknowledged again and again, the mind can become like blinded and just be in vanity like everybody else. It is possible to be framing the life of God inside you and locking it away and just living in vanity, fooey, empty, smokescreen kind of life. Just chasing smoke. It's not real. Fearful, worried, anxious. The name not working. Whoa. Praise God. Because of ignorance. So the more we are, you know, able to pray. I know we're praying those prayers. And I believe that's why we're even sitting here. Because God is answering those prayers and feeding us with the stuff that is necessary. So that we are not ignorant. Can you see that we can be ignorant of the life that's on the inside of us? We can say, I forgot, I'm ignorant that God's life is inside me. And the greater one is inside me. And the name is with me. And I have the very plans of God. Actually, God is brooding over me, thinking about me 24-7. How? To bring his plans to pass in my life, which he has recorded in his book, and his thoughts towards me are more in number than the sand on the sea. And you can be ignorant of all that and just begin to act like other unbelievers, alienated from the life of God. So this this is why we do what we do. This is why we are studying, praying, fasting, etc. All these exercises we're doing is, is not because we're some kind of dumb, weird people, you know, uh, irrelevant people, uh, monastic people. No, nothing like that. It's because we cannot be chasing after the vanities that the world is chasing after and being caught up in all of that smoke screen. We have everything being a possibility. All things are possible to us. Nothing shall be impossible with us. What a check that is. What a blank check that is. Whatever you ask, it shall be given unto you. Whatsoever thing you desire, when you pray, 
believe you receive, you shall have. All these things are actually just blank checks, just left with us. The life is inside us, the name is with us, the nature, the Holy Spirit, everything has been given already with, with us doing nothing. The only thing we have to do here is make sure that these things that try to stick on us from out there because of the conditions of the world and the fallen nature, we just clean it out constantly. And we will enjoy another realm of life which we were created for. And I'm glad we're going in that direction. Hallelujah. He's a faithful God and He cares for us and He loves us. So good doses of these realities must be taken in again and again. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 now. God is a good God. Notice verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He that had received the promises, notice, offered up his only begotten son. He didn't get to this place in two weeks. <laughs> he went here and there, you know, went down this road, that road, tried this stunt, that stunt, obeyed partially, constantly, you know, just going down that way. When things got tough, he went down to Egypt. God didn't tell him to go, he just went, came back with some baggage from there, all of that. But he got to a place one day where he said, I got the promise of God, I received the promise, and if he asked me to give this son to him, because of the promise, because of his knowledge, because of his understanding, because of who he is, <laughs> He has to raise this boy up from the dead. See, he understood something about God. He got some understanding. Hallelujah. What did he understand? He understood. Notice verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. He understood that God would have to raise the boy from the dead. He put it in the accounting. In other words, it was very clear that he figured it out and said, well, in that case, God will have to raise him up from the dead. Amen. Notice. Observe. Notice how it starts, verse 17, by faith. How did he understand? By faith. He accounted and understood all these things by faith. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which appear were not made of things that you can see. Praise God. So it's by hearing the Word again and again that Abraham finally understood he went over those things that God said to him. 
Look what God has said. And look what I did. I did this, that, the other. God said like this. Okay, I think I better go back and just pick up where he said something to me and go over that again. Finally, he decided, all right, if he said my name should be father of many, okay, I'm going to call myself father of many. Meanwhile, he didn't have any. See? So he kept hearing and acting and hearing and acting until he understood something about God. And that understanding is what made all the difference. Praise God. Finally, it was like, aha, I got it. And God said, you got it. Now, I don't have to take that boy from you. You proved it to yourself that you understood. See, understanding is very powerful. So sometimes you need to hear and hear and hear until you understand. It'll finally click. Ah, I got it. Now I know what you're talking about. Amen? Go with me please to Matthew. After this we'll pray a little more. Matthew, very interesting chapter. Praise God. Let's start in um, verse 18. Hear ye the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word, notice, and understandeth it not, then cometh that wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet has no root in himself, but dureth for a while, while tribulation and persecution comes or arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, the care of this world, deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becometh unfruitful but he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word understandeth it which also beareth fruit bringeth forth some hundred some sixty some thirty hallelujah so there's this understanding business there and notice the cares of the world, the things that are out there, the usual stuff. That's the stuff that we are having to deal with. It's going to come. And it's going to choke things and it's going to cause us to lose our joy and be like everybody else. But when you understand these things, thank God the ignorance is gone. You are now flooded with the life of God the reality of God and what He's saying, by hearing and hearing, the understanding comes. So you keep hearing it and hearing it. And during fasting and prayer, you do your best to spend more time hearing. Praise God. That's why we took the time. It looks, you know, hard. But while you're in the midst of it, you're having a feast. <laughs> it's really amazing. It's like, ah, I could do with this. You know, but afterward he was hungered. Afterwards you'll be hungry. But while the feast is going on, 
You're having a ball. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself. I mean, thank God I'm getting an understanding. Hallelujah. In all thy getting, get understanding. Get understanding. We're getting the understanding. By faith you understand. It's a faith putting of things together. They did not uh, get it. And so they wondered and were amazed and were fearful. Their heart was hardened. Praise God. See the opposite side is the heart becomes hardened. Stony. Choked up. All of those things come in place. But thank God when we understand it, we bring forth fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. He said this is the parable of the kingdom. It's the domain or dominion of the king. You know, we are supposed to rule as kings. This is how we rule. This is the principle by which we dominate, by which we rule in this life as kings. And you can see during this time, even though it looks so weird, we have enjoyed some dominion because we've been hearing and hearing and hearing because we've had more time to hear. Have you noticed that? I'm sure amen will rise up. I mean, praise God. It's, it's really true. So while the world was complaining and whining, those who tuned in and listened and heard and went about it on a daily basis, it was very different for them. They were like, I'm actually having a good time. <laughs> I heard that testimony coming along. People said that. We are enjoying in the middle of all this. Hallelujah. See, those things are not necessarily true. God's word is the truth. Those things are the smoke screen, what the Bible calls vanity. Hallelujah. So we don't have to, we don't have to be bothered about those things. We don't have to, they come to us, they come. Like they come to everybody else. You know, you don't just get into the last days every other Saturday. This is a one-time happening. <laughs> Man, we're in the last days. Wow. <laughs> you know, so your mind is giving you the extra hippies because of that. <laughs> it's not like every other Saturday is the last days. I mean, you're actually in the last days, like really now. <laughs> so your mind is like, it's like, come on, man. You know, hey, this means that God does not work the way He used to work because these are the last days. That's what last days means. Last days means that everything is on the last leg. It's not working like it had to work. But God is not timing Himself on the last days calendar. It's the earth that's on the last days. God is still God. He's not, uh, you know, I'm, I've run out of power. I'm on last days mode. My battery is down to one quarter. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. The Bible doesn't have, you know, a last days version. Yes, there are last days. There are things that happen in the last days. But God is the God of yesterday, today, and forever. So God transcends all those time periods. Did you notice that? God's nature 
God's personality, God's truth transcends all time and space. Yesterday, today, forever. So as we ponder on yesterday and how he brought us, took us out and read the experiences of these people also in the word of God, guess what happens? Understanding comes. We begin to account unto God what he's supposed to be. We give him his due credit. We put him in the right place. God raises the dead. God supplies. God is my healer. God is my provider. God is the Almighty. I am not limiting Him. He furnishes a table in the wilderness. He is more than enough for me. His name is El Shaddai. He has not changed. That is His person. Hallelujah. He is not reduced in power. His name is still the same. His name works. So we are just cleaning out stuff. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's wonderful. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to the book of Job for a minute. Job 6, and notice verse 25. Job said it. He said, How forcible are right words. But what do you, what doth your arguing reprove? So there were people arguing with him, and he said, Why are you arguing with me? If you speak right words, they have force. Amen? So God's word has force in it. It's alive and powerful. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It is alive. It's living. As we are meditating on it, speaking it, the force in it, the power in it is working. Hallelujah. It's being put into the heart. Produce is coming out. Harvest is coming out. Seed is producing. Amen. All we have to do is notice, like we said, cleaning the pipe, you're cleaning the ground, making sure that there are no thorns, there are no stones, that there is depth of earth. It is just earth. No stones there, no cluttery stuff, no choky stuff. And the production will happen. Amen. That's how the kingdom works. (laughs) Glory to God. So the kingdom is going to work. All we need to do is, the last days, whatever is out there stuff, is trying to choke up, remove it. Dump it by the side. Let the seed have its earth. And let it grow. Let it produce. Let us enjoy the harvest. Let's not be alienated from the life of God through ignorance of that. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm not ignorant of the life of God. I'm, I'm going to say amen to the life of God again and again. I'm going to speak it out. I'm going to think about it, speak and ponder and thank Him and praise Him. Let's read some more. I thought we may uh, stop reading, but I'm telling you the Word of God is sweet. Woo, glory to God. Let's go there to Luke 17. Verse 11 says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. As he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men 
that were lepers which stood afar off. Because they were lepers, they stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. See, I believe that he didn't touch them, didn't lay hands. They themselves didn't come near. They were far. So he said, just go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God. One guy. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. See, he came to his own, but his own did not receive. Isn't that strange? He said healing was the bread of the children. But guess what? It was a Samaritan woman who came and said, even the crumbs are good. And she got it. It's just weird how you can alienate yourself. The one that is called and chosen of God can alienate himself from the very blessing of God and the life of God through ignorance. Hallelujah. Verse 17 says, Jesus answering said, Where there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found to return, that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Glory to God. So Jesus demands this gratitude and adoration and praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. We can be glad. We can be thankful. I mean, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now, one more and then we'll have to pipe off. Maybe. Let's see. I mean, we have freedom. The day is for the Lord. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 6. Let's see the familiar verse of scripture. He says he came to his own country, his own hometown. Verse 2. And the Sabbath day was come. He began to teach in the synagogue. Many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? What is this wisdom which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah, Simon? Are not his brothers or his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Notice that family and natural connections can cause you to be offended and you don't get much. It's kind of interesting. So... Take yourself out of the family every now and then and put yourself into God. <laughs> Just stay in the life of God. Hallelujah. Notice verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. Whose fault is that? Is that Jesus' fault? No. 
is natural. It's the stuff of the natural man. He receives not the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness unto him. Verse 5, He could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Verse 6 is what I want to park on for a minute. He marveled because of their unbelief and went about the villages teaching. So one way that Jesus went about it was teaching. So you may have to study and listen and tune in and hear again and again. The unbelief will disappear. Jesus said, I know what to do about this. This marvelous unbelief has to be taught out by the Word of God. So we're going to listen to the Word, hear it again and again, and the unbelief will be washed out, taught out of the place. The hardness will disappear. The fear will flee because the love of God will saturate us. We will become more and more aware. We will understand something by teaching you understand. Again and again, the Word of God coming in and in, it just drives away these things. Hallelujah. We're going to act on these things, believe God, and give Him thanks and praise. Amen? All right. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for a little bit of time. Thank you, Lord. 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 It's our turn now, Lord. It's the turn of the church. This is the church age. And you have blessed us with every blessing that heaven has. And it's time for us to thank you and not be ignorant of this age in which we live. The authority that's given to us, the name of Jesus, the life of God, the awesome plan that you have for us in this day and hour. We are so glad, Abba Father. We live in this day, in this hour. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. We receive instruction. We receive counsel. We receive spiritual understanding. We receive Abba Father. Oh, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of every so-called source. Ha, ha, ha. We laugh at it. That's not our source. That's not our problem. That's not our botheration. We're not bothered. We are blessed with every blessing that heaven has. And this is going to grow freely in our lives and bring forth harvest. Harvest will be so bounteous that it will overflow to others. It will overflow and take over and flow through nations. Hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. We are grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise your holy name, praise your holy name, praise your holy name. Lord, in your word it is written that they gave thanks well when they gave thanks in the Spirit. Ha, ha, ha. So we bless you in the Spirit. We bless you in the understanding also. Oh, Ramikala Lamina, Sodoboro Diere Makariesti. We thank you, Lord, for what you have given us. Oh, your thoughts toward us. Your plans for us before time began. Hallelujah. Those places you prepared for us before time began, that we should walk in them, created in Christ, out of the same material. We are your total expression 
of all your creativity in the new creation. The Creator Himself created us in the new creation out of Himself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In your death, burial, and resurrection, you created us in Christ. Thank you, Lord. A new creation, a victorious creation with your nature, with your life, with your authority, with your name, with every blessing in heavenly places. Woo, thank you, Father. <laughs> oh, glory. We have decided not to worry. We've decided not to be anxious. We've decided not to be fretful. We've decided not to have a care or a burden. We've decided to leave it at your feet. Hallelujah, Lord. And think on these things. Glory to God. Glory to God. Our faith works. Unbelief leaves. Hardness of heart leaves. We are convinced of the great love of God. It's our nature. We take no account of any wrong suffered. We hold no grudges. We are not envious. We are not full of strife. We have no roots of bitterness rising up within us. Ha ha ha. To defile many. Oh, we uproot every root of bitterness. We uproot every root. Uproot every root of bitterness. Thank you, Lord. We spit it out. No bitterness in our lives. Ha, 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 ha. We let it go. We release it right now. No hardness in our heart. We are not joining the bodies of hardness called unbelief and fear and wondering, amazement and taking no consideration of the miracles. No, we are not accepting all of that. We consider the care and the miraculous realms from which we were born. Hallelujah. In Christ, we were born from above. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are forever grateful. These thoughts are filling us, filling our understanding, flowing and taking over in our being and affecting other lives. Woohoo! Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The natural man is not going to dominate us. The senses are not going to dominate us. They are not going to rule us. We are accepting God's word as Amen. Final authority. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The name of Jesus works for us. We expel demons in the name of Jesus. We expel every other thing that the devil has brought in Jesus' name. We trample serpents, scorpions, all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm us. We say no to poverty. We say no to lack. We say no to any distress. We say no in Jesus' name. That's a curse. We are redeemed from the curse. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we say so. Whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of every enemy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we say so, whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of every enemy. Woo, thank you, Lord, every enemy. You've defeated our enemies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In these days that we live, we are experiencing 
we're experiencing the flow of God, the supply of heaven. We are receiving your benefits in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are not going to be hindered in any way. We open our hearts. We unlimit you in Jesus' name. We declare that we will not limit the Holy One of Israel. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will not limit you. We will not hinder you. You can flow freely. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Who is a faithful God like you? Who loves like you? Who cares like you? We bless you. We praise you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Everything about us was written in your book. Before anything came forth, it was already planned. Oh, hallelujah. Every day was planned. Every minute was planned. Every second was planned. Your thoughts were so much. They are more in number than the sand on the seashore. Thinking upon us. Pondering about us. Thoughts for good, not evil. To give us a future and a hope. To bring us to the expected end. The happy, confident expectation. The happy, confident expectation. He who began the good work in us. Woo! He's performing it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's working in us both to will and do His good pleasure. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Understanding is coming to us. Revelation is our portion. The life of God is being unveiled on the inside of us, coming to our mind, coming to our understanding, affecting our body, affecting our choices, affecting our sphere of influence. Ha, 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 ha. Affecting our neighborhood, affecting our city. Glory, glory, glory. Changing the atmosphere over this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Thank you, Father, that this month we have the victory in a very special way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are seeing more of you, understanding more of you, having greater fellowship with you. We are seeing more and more of that hope. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for them that have worked with the whole media thing. May the blessing of the Lord increase in their lives more and more. Hallelujah. So much time, so much effort. We bless you for that. We thank you for that. Praise you for that. Thank you, Lord, for a special benefit in their lives. Oh, in this time, in this season, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the church. Thank you for your people. You count them worthy of your calling. Count them worthy of your calling. That you might be able to fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness in their lives. And the work of faith with power. The work of faith with power. The work of faith with power. The name of the Lord Jesus be glorified in them. And they be glorified in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for this prayer coming to pass for your people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That you are able to cram all your goodness, all the good pleasure of your goodness into their lives. You can stuff them with all your goodness, all the good plans that you have, 
all the good pleasure of your goodness. Ha 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 ha. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yesterday, today and forever, you have not changed. We bless you. We praise you. You brought us thus far. You did wonderful things for us. You intervened and showed up no matter what. We're grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the experience in this time, in this day, in this hour. We bless you. We praise you. We're so grateful. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Pushele prakas demendele kroko mosta libra gala miya tala dushto. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy on Father Vallan. Mercy on this place. Mercy in Jesus' name. Preserve them from all evil. In sevenfold restoration. In any area of loss and lack in the name of Jesus. We worship you. Krashele protile manda rakasiete. We are willing and obedient. We lead the good of the land. Manakara Maya. We live in the good of the land. We'll wear the good of the land. We'll drive the good of the land. Ha 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 ha. The earth yields for us. The earth yields. The earth yields. The wealth that is in the nations. The wealth that's in the mountains. The wealth that's in the sand. The wealth that's in the seas. The wealth is coming to us. Because it was paid for in Jesus' name. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we give you thanks. We open our hearts for the miraculous. We open our hearts for the miraculous. Miracles, signs, wonders, mighty deeds. You showing up. Amazing, wonderful signs. Glorious things in the name of Jesus. Special favor, open doors, opportunities from heaven. Footsteps ordered by you. Right place, right time. Oh, divinely orchestrated. Angelic realms unveiled. Hallelujah. Greater, greater, greater. We thank you for the greater one. We thank you for the greater love. Greater is the love on the inside of us than all the jealousy, the envy, the strife, the hatred, the bitterness that's in the world. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we bless you for our neighborhoods. We bless you for wherever we live. Those people will not perish. Wherever your people are living, mercy overwhelms those places. In Jesus' name, they shall not perish. They are receiving your mercy. Their understanding is being opened. Jesus is revealed to them. In Jesus' name. Oh, we are receiving instruction. We are receiving counsel. We are receiving understanding. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. The kingdom principles are working. Woo, domination. Domination, domination is taking place. We're dominating, we're dominating from inside out. We're ruling in this life. We're reigning in this life as kings by the grace of our God, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus. We bless you, we praise you. Hashara makandari baraka Counsel coming to your people. Understanding coming to your people. We thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Retele monde, kramazedekia. Our children are blessed. They are taught of the Lord. They are mighty on the earth. They are preserved from all evil. No demons, no lying demonic things can dominate them. In Jesus' name. Ha, 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 ha. Glory, 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 glory. 
marriages are blessed. Thank you for children born. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for strengthening, quickening, comforting. Thank you for helping us to look away from the world, look away from the challenges out there, to focus on you, Lord. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you. We thank you, Lord, we bless you. We thank you that you have been faithful, bringing us to this very day. Hallelujah, Lord. This fourth day of June, we're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, our Father. We worship you. We focus on you in the beauty of your holiness. Our Father, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is filled with your glory. We worship at your throne. We worship our Father. We worship the Holy One. Thank you, precious Lord, for paying the price. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for going to hell for us. Thank you for enduring everything for us. Rising up the third day. Thank you for giving us your own life. Hallelujah. Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit that's living in us right now. Unveiling heaven to us. Access to the Father. Access to the throne. Access. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Samarama Malabarakaya. Seriete. The one who sits on the throne, our Father. We worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the midst of the glassy sea. And that emerald like awesome rainbow all around you. Masheba Barabala Labakaya. We worship you, our Father. Out of the throne proceeds lightnings, thunders, sound of many voices. Our Father, we worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your unceasing prayer for us, great High Priest of mercy, making sure we are delivered completely. Thank you that you are for us. Nothing can separate us from your great love. Nothing present, nothing to come. Nothing in all creation. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, we are grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We accept. We receive. We say amen to it. Thank you, Father. Amen, Lord. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Thank you, Father, for the harvest that's coming in. Thank you for the increase that's coming in. Thank you for the nations that are coming in. Thank you, Lord, that today things are changing. People are coming in. People are accepting. People are receiving. Light is shining in. In the midst of the darkness, the midst of the gross darkness, the glory of the Lord is arisen. Risen upon the people. Risen upon His house. Risen upon His own chosen. 
Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We welcome the glory of God. We welcome the glory of God. We welcome the glory of God. Thank you for the glory. Thank you for the glory of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're so grateful. We receive right now. Thank you, Father. We call every need met, every oak destroyed, every burden removed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. I believe you're blessed. I look forward to hearing from you. Have an awesome month. You're blessed.